Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Industrial Marketer Podcast, the podcast for industrial marketers, by industrial marketers, and the manufacturing space. This is a really quick intro because our interview with Khalid Saleh, CEO of Invest, had a little bit of audio trouble with this one. So Khalid was smart enough to record it on his own. So we actually were editing his audio version for this podcast. So if you notice that um, our audio was a little spotty, Khalid's is awesome. Um, mine and Karina's is a little uh, distant. And that would be why we had a little audio difficulty recording it, but still usable. So we wanted to go ahead and just get this thing shipped. So anyway, want to get right into this interview. So this is myself, Karina Edwards, and then Khalid Saleh. Um, talking about conversion rate optimization. This was an awesome episode. You guys will have so many tactical takeaways from this. So give it a listen and enjoy. Thanks. And conversion rate optimization, uh, which is something that um, not a lot of marketers spend a lot of time on, which is why I thought bringing uh, Khalid Saleh in, who's the CEO of Invest, um, would be an awesome guest to bring on and just have us uh, have him educate us on conversion rate So, Khaled, say hello to the audience. Uh, hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. I am super excited to talk to you because I stink at conversion rate <laughs> optimization. So, I'm going to basically ask you all the curiosity questions that I would have about it. And uh, hopefully, our audience finds that uh, valuable to them as well. So, I actually, before we get into all that, I want you to, to introduce yourself and your company to your audience and explain to them what you do and who you do it for. Um, and you've been doing it now for over 14 years. So if you want to just tell people just how many CRO tests and stuff like that you run, feel free to brag about it. Hey, sure. A little bit of bragging. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, my name is Khaled Saleh. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Invesp. Um, we started Invest back in 2006. It seems like, oh my God, ages ago. <laughs> uh, it seems like yesterday, though, when I, when I talk about it. At that point in time, uh, there was only one other company doing conversion rate optimization. As a matter of fact, for the first eight months of, uh, after starting Invest, we did not call it conversion rate optimization. The whole uh, name did not exist. So we just helped companies increase their conversion rates. And then the Eisenberg brothers came up with the name of conversion rate optimization and so on. And then stuck since then. Um, basically, if you think about like, you know, any, any type of marketing campaign, there's ultimately a goal to it, correct? If you have a website, if you're running a marketing campaign, you want to capture people, convert them from lookers to actual customers. Uh, it could be that, let's say, if you're an e-commerce website, okay, it's very straightforward, correct? Uh, somebody coming in and placing an order. Uh, so that, that's where conversion optimization helps. But if you're B2B, maybe you're trying to capture leads. Uh, maybe you're trying to capture people requesting uh, some pricing information from you. So how do you convert those people who are coming through your campaign and actually persuade them to say, you know what, I am the right company for you. Your search is over, click on this button, fill out this form, and let's, let's uh, get started. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you exactly got into conversion rate optimization in the first place. Sure, so back, uh, I graduated from uh, UT Austin, uh, computer science, uh, so I thought my my career was very clear. I'm going to be a software developer, and, and, and I'm going to go on that path. And that's that's how I started. Uh, in 2005, I had reached uh, a level where I was a software architect, so I was running large enterprise uh, projects for companies such as Motorola, GoToMeeting, GoToWebinar, American Express. And I saw one consistent theme where they would spend tens of millions of dollars on their projects, and then they would struggle with the sales. Um, one of the last projects I was on was for Motorola, hel helping them build an absolutely amazing e-commerce website back in, in 05. It was basically a dreamland uh, for, for a software architect. Whatever feature you can imagine, we put it there on, on the site. And we finished the whole site in three months. I had 120 engineers working for me. Uh, I was one of three architects running the project. It came with a very expensive price tag, $35 million. Um, you know, it's just absolutely incredible. And I still remember this because I was, I'm, I was always interested in marketing. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, my God, $35 million. Are they going to have people come to the site? That's what I was thinking, which is sort of silly 
uh, because it's Motorola. And when they launched the sites, they had major ad campaigns all across the United States. As a matter of fact, they had so much, uh, so much traffic, so many visitors come to, come to their site that their site crashed within the first four hours. And although we had 16 servers <laughs> to handle the traffic, it's just basically they all came down. So we bring the servers back up. It's like, okay, quickly, quickly, let's figure this out. Um, and, you know, the, the servers are back up. People are flowing. Hundreds of thousands of people are coming. A month later, and for the $35 million investment that Motorola had put in, we had less than 10 orders. So it would have been probably a lot more cost-effective for Motorola to go out and hand $1,000 to customers than build a $35 million website and then generate 10 orders, 10 orders from it. That's when I thought to myself, oh man, you know, there's something there. I can, I can help companies increase conversion rates. Um, in parallel, my wife had started her invest at that point um, as, a, as a marketing consultancy. Uh, I go to her and I'm like, I, had, I think there's something there. So she's like, well, I'll, I'll start focusing on that. So she starts focusing on conversion optimization, helping companies increasing conversion rates. Uh, and I still recall about less than a year later, I'm sitting working on a project and she knocks on the door. She's like, Khalid, I think you should quit your job and join me. And I'm like, really? Are you sure? I mean, stable check, you know, nice thing about having money in the bank every month. He's like, no, I think, I think I'm onto something, you know, th there's something there. So uh, I decided to, to quit my job and, and the rest is history. Now we're, we're talking in 2020, who would have imagined? And you quit your job. Uh, a company that was getting paid $35 million to build a website for Motorola. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's an amazing story. Um, and that's really sad for Motorola. And I guess that's emblematic of where Motorola is today in the greater cell phone landscape. Not that that's your fault. No, no, I don't, I don't take credit for this. But you know what, what's funny um, about the web in general, which is sort of like, you know, funny slash sad, is that most companies when they come to do online marketing or they want to do like a new site or it's almost like we throw this body of knowledge that's available because everybody has done it about a million times at this point we throw it away and we start from scratch um i i like to give the example of healthcare.gov regardless where you are on the on the issue like on the debate but if you recall that is one of the most expensive websites built correct it's like 1.5 billion dollars i can't even imagine i mean Motorola is nothing, $35 million compared to $1.5 But the amount of usability issues that the site suffered from is just amazing to me. So marketers either say, you know what, we're going to ignore everybody, everything that everybody else, and we're going to learn through making lots of mistakes, or they copy each other, you know, copycats. And it's like, oh, my God, it's so, like, you know, one of two problems, and neither approach work works. Yeah, so it's kind of like two extremes, and also I can definitely vouch for having to be on healthcare.gov, and literally the entire time that I was going through the process was just thinking to myself, how is this so hard, and how is there this much resource for something like this, and still the outcome is this user experience, and yeah. so it's definitely blown me away being on that side of things, also focusing on websites and conversion rate optimizations and just wondering how people arrive to this place where, yeah, like exactly like you said, Kellen, this isn't something that's new or revolutionary. And so you either get this extreme of people starting from scratch and thinking that they're going to completely, you know, not listen to anybody else that's ever done this before and have some other revolutionary concept that's going to be from scratch or yeah, like they exactly copy somebody else. And there's there's something to be said about meeting in the middle, right? Like taking best practices and knowing that there is something to, there's rhyme or reason to the way people do things that they do for conversion rate optimization, but also there's an element of still remaining unique. There you go. There you go. I always say you, you have to have kind of like, you know, the traditional things, but you need to sprinkle some excitement uh, into it, uh, whether websites, marketing, uh, because people want the traditional things that they're used to, but also you want to surprise them now and then where, with something that they'll, where they'll say, oh, this is really cool. Uh, it doesn't happen a whole lot, by the way, in marketing. That, that's one of the challenges of marketing, where most of it is 
unimaginative and boring. So, well, I want to get into your approach to, to conversion rate optimization now for our audience, um, and, and even for, for Karina's audience now in the SaaS space, it's going to be a lot of convert to a demo or a convert to a RFQ or, or something of that sort. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about how you approach Convergent optimization for a website. What are the questions that you ask yourself to determine what to test and how to test it? Very good. So, the approach that we we we've taken and we've learned this the hard way doing conversion optimization over the years. We've we've ran up to this point about seventeen thousand AB AB tests. So, uh, some of them when I look at them right now and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe we did this back in two thousand and nine. But it is what it is. Um, the biggest question in whenever you're trying to improve a website conversion rate is trying to figure out what are the issues that the site is dealing with. Um, I always tell people you need to ask a simple question. What is going on here? You need to decipher the problems that people are facing on the website. Now, when we talk about the problems that people are facing on the website, I always mention, uh, like to give an example of a pyramid. At the very lowest level of the pyramid, there are issues such as bugs on the website. You know, the, the site's supposed to work in a certain way and it's basically functionality is, is broke. Uh, you have issues when it comes to uh, performance where the site pages are extremely slow to load. And then you have issues of uh, mobile device uh, and, and how does the site display on mobile devices. Most sites that I see nowadays are still were developed for desktop and then we converted the design into mobile. Well, guess what? the mindset of visitor who's coming to your website on a mobile device is a lot different than the mindset of somebody who's coming to your website uh, on, on, uh, on their desktop. So that's the very base level. The next level above that that you need to look at when you're trying to identify problems on the website is looking at usability issues. When I say usability issues, I'm clicking on a button, I'm expecting a certain behavior to happen and something else happens. Um, I submitted the form and I'm not sure if the site took my, my submission or something is happening or not. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, hello, anybody out there? You're, you're just not sure. Um, so that's kind of the next level of, of items that you need to identify. Above that is persuasiveness and conversion-related issues. And when we talk about that, th those issues, basically those are the issues where the visitor thinks to himself, oh my God, I must have this. I need to buy this and I need to buy it right now. So it's a, it's a kind of a, a pyramid that you need to think about and you need to look at the site and evaluate like, okay, so what are, what's the first level items, bugs, performance issues, mobile issues, what are the usability issues? You fix those and then you start drilling a bit deeper into, okay, so how do I make my site more, more persuasive? That's the very first step that you need to take in order for you to say, okay, after I identified all those issues on the website, um, now I need to prioritize them and figure out, okay, so there's 100, 150 problems that I have on the site. How do I tackle those? What's the most important problem that I need to fix now? If you have unlimited time, unlimited budget, hey, have at it, tackle all 150. Most companies don't have that, <laughs> that luxury. So you wanna figure out the problems that will have the most impact on your bottom line and at the same time will require the least amount of effort. Those are the ones that you wanna tackle. Um, how do you test how long, what's the relevant sample um, when you're doing a project? When you're doing yeah. a rate optimization test, I always think of it as something as straightforward. It's just let's test the CTA copy, let's test the CTA color, let's test headline, um, let's even test orientation. Like let's put the form on the left side and the text on the right side, or vice versa, and see which one does better. But um, but anyway, I wanted to just ask you like like how like just your thought process behind it. Like how do you test how long? What's a relevant sample? What's do you consider statistically significant? Um, if you could just walk us through kind of all that machination. Sure, sure. So uh, it's, it's a fully loaded question, by the way. <laughs> there, there's just a lot, to, a lot to cover there. But let's go back into what to test. Now, like I mentioned, you start by identifying problems on the site, um, uh, problems around your messaging, problems around your value proposition, problem around uh, really making sure that the visitors trust your website. Uh, problems uh, around uh, maybe like, you know, the, some fears and uncertainties and doubts that people have as they interact with your website. There's just a slew of issues that you can identify on the, on the site. And there's different methods that you use uh, 
to identify those problems. So we like to do detailed customer interviews. Um, the, the, every, every client that we kick off, we always start with customer interviews. So we tell them, bring us five to 10 people that had just converted and, and bought from you or uh, submitted an RFQ from you or requested a demo from you. I need, let's say, 10 conversions that happened in the last month or so. Usually, we have about 45-minute conversations to an hour uh, with each one of those people. And our question to them is a very straightforward question where we say, what was going on in your life when you decided to convert, and whatever that conversion might be. Um, and lots of times when, when you get on, a, on one of those calls with, uh, with a customer and you tell them, hey, so what was going on in your life when you decided to fill out that, uh, that RFQ? And they're like, well, you know, uh, my boss was giving me a hard time about this, or we had a failure over here. You start really digging deep into the real motivation behind them converting. So that's one method. You look at your data analysis and analytics and you figure out issues on the website. You conduct simpler user research, so pop-ups as you see them on the site, asking people questions. All these methods give you a sort of, okay, here's 100, 150 problems on the, on the site that we've identified or on a landing page. The next thing that you need to do is you prioritize those items. What items will have the most impact on my bottom line, require the least amount of effort, those are the ones that I'm gonna focus on. Now, lots of times when I, when I do those interviews, people always ask me, it's like, oh, are we testing colors of, of a button? Are we testing images? And I tell them, you can test. Hmm. You know, There's software out there that allows you to test anything you want. But if you're looking for something that will have the most impact on your bottom line, they need to think about messaging, how you stand out from the crowd, how you actually hit those emotional motivations um, behind somebody making the decision to come to your website, to consider you as an option, uh, whether if you're a SaaS to subscribe or if you're a B2B to actually even submit a request, an RFQ. So these are RFP, th those are the things that you need to consider because the minute you address those, the increase in conversions, we're not talking about a 1%, 2%, 5%. We're talking about really seeing significant, some, sometimes going, it's, it's going from the 1% conversion rate to the 3 and 4 and 5% conversion rate. Um, so you need to hit more substantial, more major, major issues. Now, let's say we've identified an issue. Let's say, you know what? Our value proposition on the homepage is really not very strong. So we need to address it in a better, like in a strong headlines. We've talked to customers and we actually understand why they choose us over our competitors. Great. So now we come up with a new headline. And what we do is then we use any of the available online calculators where we tell, like, okay, let's, let's decide how long we need to run our test for, our A-B test for. So these calculators basically will ask you, okay, so let's say you're testing the homepage. It will tell you, okay, so how many visitors come to your homepage? And you'll tell us, well, I have about, let's say, 2,000 visitors that, came to, that come to my homepage on uh, a monthly basis. And you're gonna test one headline, a new headline versus the old headline. So, okay, so that's basically an A-B test, correct? Version A is your original, version B is the new uh, new headline. So, and then it will ask you, besides the thousand or two, let's say 2,000 visitors that you get per month, well, how many typically actually convert? How many requests for demos do you get? How many RFPs or RFQs are you getting? And you'll tell it, oh, I get, I get maybe 100. So then it will tell you, okay, you need to run this test for, let's say, five weeks, six weeks, um, until you actually achieve statistical significance. And it's very important that you do this calculation prior to starting the test. Lots of times people start the test and they're like, oh, I forgot to do my calculation. So how long should I run the test for? Should I run it for a week or two weeks or a month or six months? They don't know. So I always tell people, do your calculations prior to actually launching, launching that test. And, and actually uh, starting to split your visitors between the old and the new. That's really interesting, I never thought of, I, I never personally thought of it that way, but that's why you own a, you own a company dedicated to it and I, I don't. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I'm wondering about well, like the frequency of testing conversion <laughs> optimization. So like, 
I've, you know, I've, I've talked to there's a couple other people out there that do CRO that I know of, and I've chatted with a couple of them before, and I always ask, like, how often should you be testing your conversion rate optimization? Like, at what level do you do it, or do you prefer to do it, or should you be doing it, like, on the page level, at the template level? Um, how often do you retest past experiments? So that experiment that you just talked about, when would you go revisit that? And you'll test it again and see if there's um, um, a, 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 another lift that you can get from it from another test. Or does anything trigger that sort of action on your end when you're working with a client or when you're doing it even for yourself? So you're constantly in a state of trying to identify problems. Um, are we are we identifying new issues on on the website now? When you identify an issue, um, there's so many different ways that you can can fix it. Let's I'll I'll give you an example with with value proposition, um, and I'll take an example of, of Invesp, a perfect example. Back in 2015, um, we had this large company reach out to us and reach out to kind of the usual suspects in the CRO space, kind of the companies that we compete against. And they said, hey guys, you know, we're interested in hiring you to do conversion rate optimization. Um, contract is, is sizable, I'm like really excited. And, and right away their VP of marketing tells me, hey Khalid, by the way, you're competing against four other CRO firms, the usual suspects. I'm like, okay, great. So I think to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and make sure that I handle this whole sales process because I wanted him to see the best that Invest has to offer. So I do the presentation, I do the walkthrough, I do the analysis. And I start to establish a relationship with that VP of marketing. So a couple of weeks later, I'm talking to him and his name is Michael out of, out of DC. I'm like, hey, Michael, so by the way, you've seen our presentation and you've seen the presentation of our competitors. And he said, yes. I'm like, so what do you think? How do we stand out? Now I'm thinking to myself, he's gonna tell me, oh, you guys stand out, you're different. And he says, Khalid, can I be honest with you? I'm like, sure, that, that, that's, that's the reason I asked you the question. And he says, Khalid, you guys all sound the same. And I'm like, oh my God, that was crushing to, to, to my soul when he said that. I'm like, really? He said, you guys all have the same process. You guys all sound the same. And if I didn't know that I'm talking to college right now, I'll probably think that I'm talking to Chris. Now, that, that conversation with, the, with that VP of marketing made me think, okay, so we need to figure out a better value proposition. Since then, we've tested probably six or seven different designs, different messaging. And we're constantly running those tests to see, okay, well, is this better messaging? Um, are we getting more contacts? Are we seeing a reduction, for example, in bounce rates? Are we seeing more engagement on our site? The rule that we have is you all always be testing. Uh, at any point in time, we probably have on our site, we have probably two or three A-B tests running where the team is just testing different things, different messaging, different designs. Um, with, with our clients, it really varies. Um, I would say with, with smaller clients that don't get enough traffic, not enough visitors coming to their site, we're probably running anywhere between one to three tests a month. Um, with our larger clients, we probably we might be running 16 to 20 tests a month uh, at their site. Now, think about this. If you're running 20 tests, um, that means you're probably testing the same pages again and again. At any point in time, uh, I'll, I'll give an example from, uh, from a, a SaaS company we're working with we probably on their pricing page, there's like you know, four or five different testing ideas that are already queued up and designed, waiting to go. We're just running a test right now, waiting for the results, then we'll analyze the results and we'll say, hey, based on those results, do we need to modify any other tests? No, maybe yes, maybe no, then we launch another test. Um, so we're, we're, we're constantly testing. It's as we've, what we find is you need to increase the quality of your testing ideas, but also you need to increase the quantity. Um, so that, that's kind of like, you know, the, the balance between the two, uh, where you're testing very fast, you're constantly testing, but you're testing good ideas. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'll, I'll go back to kind of a question that you asked. Colors of buttons, um, not, not something that I would test, although we did run a test with, I think, Google 10 years ago or something, where they tested the shades of the blue, like the blue button when you create an account. And it was like a 7% lift, but that's Google. They get tens of millions of visitors per day. For most companies, that's not the test that I focus on. I'm always more focused on the messaging, on how you stand out, about what's, un what's unique about you. Okay, that, that's really, that to me is really interesting to know. Because, um, I mean, a lot of times in the industrial space, and let's go back to our audience here, 
Um, there's just not a lot of people, there's not a lot of volume to your site and a lot of people still get stuck on, I guess, really low impact kind of CRO tests like colors of buttons or maybe even copy on the buttons. And it sounds like from what you're saying, it's focusing more on the larger messaging you have on your site and testing that and seeing if you get more lift from it. So that uh, I think is, is really, is definitely really interesting. Um, I wanted to pivot over to, you, you had a good question about, or you had a good comment. I, don't, I, I want to get back to it later, but I want to get to this question real quick. I know um, Queen has a hard stop at 1150. I don't really know uh, about you, Colin, but um, what are some of the classic things to test that a marketer should be making a habit of? Let's say they can't, you know, they can't afford uh, to bring on a consultant like yourself so to help walk them through this. What are some things that you would recommend uh, just a, a person, general person like myself to be constantly thinking about testing on their website and, and, and monitoring? Sure. So I, I think things around um, your brand messaging, how you stand out from your competition is very important. Uh, I think if you're in the B2B space, one of the areas that we focus uh, we focus on is how do you bring the brand to, to, to life? Like, you know, how do people feel that, oh, here's the here are the humans behind this brand, correct? Uh, lots of times when people talk about B2B and the manufacturing, they feel that, oh, well, we, need have to, we have to be very formal. We put on this formal hat. That is just not real because you talk to the person behind the computer or on the phone and like, oh, like, oh they're really cool to talk to. Uh, but then the minute you go to the site, everything becomes very formal. Um, one, of, one of the things that we were testing with the, with a manufacturer um, was when we, when we looked at the website, we said, you know what? The website feels very cold. I don't see the team. I don't see the humans behind the brand. And they're like, eh, who cares about, who wants to see the humans? And I said, you know what? Let, let's add this, this section uh, about your site, um, to your site, let's uh, add a section about the team, let's bring the people uh, out. Um, uh, let's show people that you actually care, that uh, people, like, you know, that, that you're telling your potential uh, customers that we will know you by, by your first name. When we added that section, uh, and we added the pictures of the team uh, and the management and your, your average Joe who works for the company, we saw an increase in conversions by almost 30, 40%. That is a lot more powerful than kind of your, your typical testing if you're just testing like, you know, small, small tweaks around the website. If you have limited traffic, go for testing big ideas. That's what, that's what you need to do. That's how you can stand out. That's how you can win. Yeah, so call it. I have a question, sure. Matt, if you want me to shift over to mine. I think every marketer that can't you know, as Matt was saying, like afford or work with a consultant specifically for CRO um, would be interested in what you would say are the top tools for CRO. So what are the, the staples that you guys use? Um, and you can leave out any secret sauce, any <laughs> of the well-known CRO tools. Yeah, I'm like, you know, so what, what you need to do, um, the, the, most of the CRO tools that we focus on are CRO tools that help you collect data around your website. So definitely uh, anybody who does CRO will spend a lot of time looking at analytics. Mm -hmm. um, the problem, by the way, and I'll kind of like digress over here for a second, everybody has analy analytics installed on their website. The problem with analytics, analytics was designed with SEO in mind, if you think about it. It tells you how many pages you have, how many visitors you're getting, how much time they're spending. It's just a page-specific tool, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, but whenever you're thinking about conversion optimization, whenever you're thinking about increasing conversion rates, what you want is you want to understand how visitors are navigating from one website, from one page to the next. Analytics don't do a great job when it comes to that. Um, so you need to drill a bit deeper to really look at the numbers and understand, okay, so what are the numbers uh, telling me? So that's one thing. Uh, and regardless of the analytics package, they're all close to each other. You peel the onion, they all look, they all smell the same after, after that. Um, I, I love to use heat map uh, tools because those actually aggregate the data. Uh, if you have a thousand people coming to a page, then you will see where they're clicking, how further down the page they're, 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 uh, they're navigating. There's plenty of tools over there. So uh, we have our own tool. I'm gonna like a shameless plug over here because we launched it's beginning of this year. 
Uh, so it's called FIGPI, F-I-G-P-I-I. Um, and if you guys, by the way, we can maybe even do like a special for, for the listeners and just offer a discount code there. Um, then we can put it in the show notes. But there's also other tools that also offer heat maps. I mean, Hotjar is, is very popular, crazy egg. Um, something else is video recording. We like, we like to watch video recording of people coming to the site and how they're interacting with the, with the website. Now, there's tools that allow you to record 50,000 videos of visitors coming to your website. I feel bad for any marketer who will have to sit down and watch 50,000 videos. I always tell people, you probably wanna record about 100 videos and watch them and look at patterns of how people interact with your sites. Um, and then ultimately, of course, you have A-B testing tools. Um, those are the tools that are gonna allow you to create an A-B test. And they range from the, 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 the free tools, such as Google Optimize, to the extremely expensive, like an Optimizely, where you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for their sub, uh, subscription. Wow. Yes. I'm all interested in, you know, especially if you're in a niche, you know, this is kind of what you do. You hone in on CRO. Um, if there is some like amazing tool or if it really is just leveraging what the, the free options are out there and thinking about them a different way, like video recording, um, I never thought about, but yeah, it's definitely a bit more available to most people than you would think. Yeah, I'm not, I, you know what, it's, it's funny, for a long time, I used to tell people, I'm like, oh, there's plenty of free tool out there. But then over the last two years, I mean, nothing is free, correct? Uh, if, you're not paying, if you're not paying money for, for the tool, you're giving them data. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm becoming more and more aware of issues around data, so I'm like, you know what, I'm more willing to pay a little bit of money and own my own data and have full control over, uh, uh, over it as opposed to giving it to a company that I don't know what they will do with it. Yeah, totally. And I think that'll be, I wonder, you know, in the startup space, I think you're willing to do that because the opportunity cost of using the free tool. But yeah, as you get into those larger Motorola-esque, you know, <laughs> yeah keeping your data and making sure that you know where it's going is gonna outweigh that. Exactly. No, I mean, like most of the tools that, that, that we've mentioned, um, you're talking about like you know, a subscription of like you know, $20, $30. Most companies probably can afford that. Now, no, the minute you get into thousands of dollars, then it's a different consideration, correct? Or you're like, huh, okay, now, yeah. now, now I need to think. I mean, yes, my data is valuable. <laughs> However, how valuable is valuable? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Totally. Yeah. Percent. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, I wanted to ask about um, system conversion optimization faux pas. So, like, I'm sure you've encountered this before where you've seen, um, you've dived through, like, you'll, you'll talk to a company, they'll go, yeah, we've done CRO testing, and this is what we've done. And you take a look at it, and you're like, oh, man, that's not a good thing to test, <laughs> or you did not test that correctly. So, I'm wondering if you could just walk through some common sort of faux pas for conversion optimization testing that you see people do all the time, whether from your um, current customers or people who you've talked to who've shown you what they've done, and you're like, oof, uh, we got we got in another system. So, it's sort of a, a mixed bag. Um, one of the things that I always tell people, I'm like, listen, um, being a marketer or, or a, and a recovering developer, <laughs> it gives me a, a unique perspective. Um, you know, developers have built this web uh, of, like, you know, of, of technologies, correct, on, on, online. And like, you know, they kept on adding more and more things. Um, and, and marketers, we could not keep up. Um, so now we have all this marketing technology that's out there, and what we're trying to do is to test our way or CRO our way into successful marketing. And I always tell people, like, listen, no matter what, marketing at the end and conversion optimization is about the customer. It's about talking to the customer. There's no way around it. I don't care what kind of technology you use, what kind of A-B testing software you use. Um, there, there's AI-based uh, testing software where it's gonna test about a million things on your website. And I'm like, really? So you're just leaving it completely up to the AI and you as a marketer, you're just sitting around and doing nothing. So that's, that's one area. Another area where I'm like, okay, so now let's get into some tactical things that I'm, when people do them, I just scratch my head and I'm like, really, why, why? So one of the things that people do a lot whenever they're testing something is that they'll run the test for a very short period of time. And I think this, by the way, uh, has been 
or the, the main cause of this is because of tools such as, for example, Facebook advertising and Google advertising, where they allow you to create campaigns. I think it's uh, also the, the attitude of growth hacking is another oh, thing. Oh, that. definitely. <laughs> if, you, if you see, like, you know, I, have, I have lots of opinions about growth hacking because people, I'm like, you are not going to hack growth. <laughs> it is slow. It's painful. Uh, you might think it comes overnight, but really it's the result of, like, you know, many, many years. Um, there is nothing quick, quick about testing, and that's the reason if you, when you ask me, well, how do I determine the sample size? You determine the sample size before you run a test, and you let the test run. Uh, you don't you don't come and say, oh, oh, look, the test is winning. Let's call it off. We, we worked with this one client where he, he's an amazing uh, PPC guy. So he knows PPC really well, and he said, hey, guys, I need you to help me with, with conversion optimization. Now, every time we launch a test, two hours later, he's like, oh, I'm ready to call the test. And I'm like, it's been two hours only like, you know, like 0.001% of your traffic saw the, 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 the test, give it a chance. And I still remember for, for the first couple months, we ran almost 10 different tests for him, for him and he would not learn, let uh, a test run more than two days. He would just say, you know what, it's clear to me, I'm going to call it, I don't need to continue this test. Eventually, we managed to convince him to run a test. So I'm like, can you please just let it run for another week? Because that's how long we're supposed to run it. He's like, it's obvious. It's clear. So he lets the test run, I think, because just how much I nagged him <laughs> about it. A week later, what he was like, you know, going to call as a winner would have caused him to decrease his conversion by almost 20-some percent. So I'm having a conversation with him, and I'm like, what do you think, Rich? And he's like, he's like, I did not know that. I'm like, yes, because these tools, sometimes they call the winner. They're interested in keeping you testing and, and moving really fast as opposed to having interest in actually finding a real winner and taking like, you know, a, a slow approach. Um, finally, the last thing that I, that I see people do is template tweaking. Uh, you know, changing small things in the template and expecting big results. I was talking to a startup uh, in the SaaS space, and they're like, "Hey, like we wanna. Our goal for this year is to grow seven x." And I'm like, "Wow, that, that, that's a very aggressive goal, especially if you are like a thirty million dollar company. That's almost like if you think about it, you're going from thirty million to almost two hundred million. I'm like, that's that's a lot of growth. And they're like, "Yeah, and and here's our approach." And I'm like, "No, no, I don't think." 7x growth within a year is reasonable. And I don't think you're going to achieve it through tweaking your templates. You need a fundamentally different approach. And I don't think you probably are prepared to grow 7x in, in one year. Yeah, I mean, to me, like changing a template and expecting that, that to contribute significantly to 7x growth is probably an unrealistic expectation. But I mean, that's just, that's just my opinion from the outside looking in. Um, I, I'm wondering about, because the... I know there's like Karina was talking about some of the CRO, uh, CRO testing tools. Like if you were like using like HubSpot is certainly a very popular tool and they have AB testing built into some of their um, software. Um, and I've done some AB testing on, on HubSpot and I've gotten a lot of like no clear winners in my life. So what usually is the case when that happens? Is that you didn't test something drastically enough? or the sample size wasn't large enough. So when you get an insignificant result, what is usually the root case of that when you're trying to do an A-B test? So th think about this. Let's, let's put A-B testing aside for a second, and then we'll go back to it. I have a version of, of my site, correct? And I'm creating a completely different version. Now, sometimes the change that I'm, uh, or, or landing page, sometimes the change that I'm making is so little that it's difficult to notice, correct? There's like sometimes, and I, I see some of those tests where people are testing, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, I can't tell the difference. They look exactly the same. They're like, no, if you scroll down and go to the left and look at the bottom, I'm like, no, no, no. Most people are not going to notice that. Assuming that you created enough contrast between the original uh, test that you have, the original page and the new page, there is a difference. Now, when you run a test, you should be able to, to detect that difference. Uh, it might, you know, your conversion rate might go up, it might go down. The chance of if you went for something drastic for it to stay the same is probably a very small chance. So, well, how come then I'm not able to detect or see that? Like, you know, testing software tells me that there is the, there is no 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 change in, in conversions up or down. Well, in that case, now going back to A-B testing, what that means from a purely statistical uh, analysis, what that means is you did not have enough large sample size, enough people coming to the site or to the landing page in order in order for the testing software to say, yeah, there is a difference between A, a and B. 
Um, so if we if we have enough time and unlimited budget, we run it, and eventually we're gonna notice that that there's difference. So the way you solve this is first making sure that you have enough large uh, sample size, enough num number of people come to the page, and you go for something drastic, something you're testing a, a big idea, correct? You, you're, the change is very obvious. People can notice the change within the first, like, you know, five seconds of them landing, uh, landing on the page. Um, so it, it's more fundamental to how you create tests and what kind of data you're working with. Th those are the two elements that you want to play with. Awesome. That's great to know. Um... All right, so I want to get a little bit into just sort of big picture stuff for you. So I sure. wanted to ask you, I had this question. I love the way I worded this one, so I'm just going to read it verbatim. Sure. Uh, <laughs> if you could rub a lamp and a genie who could grant you just one CRO wish, anything that could solve the greatest pain in your, in your life, what would it be and why? Oh, my God. That's a, uh, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, I think getting people to understand that CRO – is, is is a mix between fixing problems on the website and also understanding that CRO is about strategic projects. It's about opening new lines of business uh, that you haven't thought about before. Now, this comes, by the way, as a result of talking to customers. So when you have conversation with, with, with customers, with the end user, and you ask them, hey, so what's going on? What was going on in your life when you made the decision to actually start using the solution? Um, and, and then they talk to you about the pain. You're like, oh, wow, uh, I have not thought about this. I'll, I'll give you an example from a friend, uh, Bob, Bob Mesta. He's based in Detroit. He's the brains behind, uh, behind Jobs to be Done. Absolutely amazing guy. I don't know if he, he would call himself a marketer, but I, he, I think he influenced our work the, the most. So he had a client who were, who's basically a, a furniture manufacturer. So they, they build bedroom sets and whatnot. And he's talking to the end customer of that, of that manufacturer. And he discovers that in the past, when people bought bedroom sets, they use the bedroom sets as a place to sleep. That's what we do, correct? It's like a bedroom set, so I sleep there. Well, it turns out that the bedroom set is changing its functionality, especially for parents who have kids. Um, Matt, how old is your daughter? You said like you know, two, two years old. Do you, have, uh, do you have any others or just one? I have two kids. I have a five-year-old and I have a uh, two-year-old. Uh, the two-year-old. So you'll discover this as they get older and you probably are seeing it. But Sunday morning, the, the bedroom set is also a place for the family to hang out, correct? It's not only uh, for, for, for sleeping. I mean, I mean, not even that. Like my five-year-old now just sleeps in my bed every day. <laughs> <of the> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Exactly. So it's a completely different job. Well, the question to the manufacturer is, knowing that, what is the new design of the bedroom set that you need to bring on? Um, and, and, and that in itself, and, and asking that question basically translates into a new line of furniture that's was supposed to be launched this year, is going to be launched next year, but they're expecting about $100 million of additional revenue as a result. I tell people, I'm like, you know, with traditional, I'm tweaking the template. So you can you get like you know like some changes in your in your revenue and your conversion rates. You think that you, you take a look at uh, you take a different approach to thinking about conversion optimization and how you actually improve that customer experience. You're opening a hundred million dollar revenue additional revenue for the company. That is just a huge difference, correct, between the way think about conversion optimization between between the way people think about conversion optimization and how they should think about conversion optimization. That's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy thinking about that, just like the way people's behaviors around things change and how that can have a major impact on the website experience and how they intake that, basically, and how it can impact your business. That's that's definitely definitely crazy stuff to think about. Um, so let me let me bring it back to my to the audience here a little bit. Um, if you're if you are a marketer and you're looking to get better at conversion rate optimization, how would you recommend doing that? Uh, how would you recommend actually getting better at it, like incorporating it into the daily rhythm or the weekly rhythm of your of your work life? So what I say is that there's nowadays lots of resources on conversion rates optimization that are available. Um, there is no way around doing the hard work of actually reading uh, some of the credible uh, resources out there. Uh, CXL is one of the better blogs, and, and they're a competitor, but I love their blog, so <laughs> I must mention them. 
um, we do quite a bit of like you know writing detailed writing every week on our blog on the invest blog about conversion optimization so it's the second most popular also conversion optimization blog um, there are people who specialize so I would follow them and then try and learn now besides learning it's about implementing correct some people are addicted to learning but they don't implement all the all the knowledge that they that they've gained um, and and the best way to do it is actually to go ahead and, and implement it um, we're about to launch the the, the a CRO mastery course so basically initially we got a whole bunch of students to start and what I love is like one of them messaged me and he said Khalid I want you to know I've gone through like you know 50 percent of the course and I've implemented the first 25 percent I'm going through uncovering problems I'm talking to people I'm looking at data I'm doing the analysis I'm like wow like you know for him within a span of one week to like you know take a course and start implementing and he's figuring out all these testing ideas um, it's exciting, by the way, uh, when you start looking at data and you come up with ideas and, and you can build a culture within the company about it. Building a culture is, is very powerful where you say, you know what? Our old messaging did not work. Our old headline did not work. The image that we have is just stock photo image. Let's use an image from the actual company. Uh, the benefits are very blah. Let, let, let's come up with like, you know, more powerful benefits that people can relate to. The copy could be better. And as you come up with those with those ideas, you say, you know what? Let's go ahead and test them out. Let's see what people that we, we think that this new copy or new design or new headline is better. But you know what? Let's see what our visitors think. Let them be the judge of the quality of the new headline. Let them be the judge of the quality of the new image, the team image, as opposed to a stock photo image that we use. Um, and, and I always say, people are humbling. Uh, there are so many times where we test something and I think to myself, I'm like, surely this new design is going to win. But visitors have different thoughts and they decide that the old design worked better. And I'm like, really, guys? The first, the, the new design, we, we spend so much time like analyzing and, and doing work. Uh, but again, visitors, let, the, let visitors be the judge <laughs> of the quality of your work. For sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, um, and I think that's just your own bias, your implicit bias. I think you have as a marketer, right? Like usually a marketer thinks their first idea is the best idea, you know? So it's like, here's my first idea for a landing page wireframe. And, and here's my first idea for copy and the image I want to use. And this is the one, I know this is the one that's going to win. And then sometimes you just try something different and you're like, huh, well, that's really not the case. I guess the market didn't see it the way that I did. And, you know, just letting your audience decide, I think is just uh, a powerfully humbling way to go about your job. It makes you so much better at it when you remove your own, desire to be right as opposed to just the desire to be curious and i think that's ultimately the root of good commercial optimization i i agree i'll give you an example so we, we have this webinar series um that, that we do once a month now and once every two weeks and um i invite a friend to appear on the webinar and i'm like you know what our typical webinar invites are not that great so what i want to do is i'm going to write something i can personalize it uh, and the copy is going to be very powerful. So I write the copy for the email invite. And we have about 25,000 subscribers to our email invite. So I'm like, okay, we, we'll run this. Before we send it out, you know, so there's a test campaign. And I get it. And I'm like, hey, this is not the invite that I wrote. My invite is better. So I, I reach out to, like, you know, our marketing manager, uh, Simba. I'm like, Simba, what happened to the email invite? He said, oh, this is better. I'm like, come on, Simba. My version is so far superior to yours. And he's like, would you like to A-B test it? I'm like, sure. And I, and I was so confident. I was so confident that my mine is better. I mean, I still think it's better. People didn't think so. You know, I mean, he, to, to, to say that he destroyed, like his version destroyed my version would be to put it mildly. Um, you know, I mean, the click-through rate, the, the, the signups, and I'm like, oh my God. So we finished the first round and I'm like completely crushed. And then he's like, hey, Khaled, we're sending a second invite a week later. Would you like to go at it again? So I'm like, you know what? I can figure this out. It's okay. We'll like, you know, like get myself up, you know, lick my wounds and figure out what it is. And I like spend like literally like, you know, that Saturday working on the new version. I'm like, here, Simba, this one's going to win. We run an A-B test and he crushes me again. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this here. Me doing conversion optimization and I teach people conversion optimization. And I, I, I'm supposed to be like a good copywriter. So that's like two zero, like, you know, Simba. And then he's like, hey, Khaled, we have a third one. I'm like, no way, I'm not doing this. I mean, I, I got to keep, like, you know, some of, like, my ego. So then I, I look at my, my guest speaker and I'm like, hey, 
what do you think if you go against Simba? Simba? Like, you know, this will be interesting. So he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I mean, he beat me twice, so good luck. And he actually creates the third version of the, of the email, and they run an A-B test, and he wins. The guest speaker wins. And I'm like, yes, finally, you know, somebody beat Simba. But that's letting people actually judge. I mean, if it's up to me, again, I, I tell you, my version was great, but uh, people thought otherwise, and the click-through rate and the sign-up rate was completely different. And I'm like, okay, the data says, says otherwise. So you, you got to know <laughs> when to hold them and when to fold them. <laughs> Yeah, were you, were you guys just simply testing copy on that email? Was it also layout and design? Just copy, purely copy. Um, we, we find, by the way, that testing copy is a lot more powerful than testing design. Um, basically, people are willing to put up with uh, poorly designed sites if the copy engages them. Um, it, it, works, it works wonders. We were working with a SaaS company, and I, I look at their... Uh, you know, how it works page. Like, you know, they're explaining their, their SaaS, like, you know, and, and how it works. And I told them, like, you know, it's short copy. I'm like, let me let me rewrite the copy on it. And I, I like, basically spent almost six weeks rewriting the copy. Imagine. Just like, and we, they went from, I think, about 1,000 words into 15,000 words on that page. So I can imagine how long it took me to, to write that. And I show it to them, and their VP of marketing got so pissed at me when he saw it. He's like, this is like, he's like, what am I going to do with this? This is horrible. I mean, like, you know, I mean, he had like, you know, quite, quite a few words that he, that he like, you know, shared with us. Finally, we convinced him to test it. And the conversion rate goes from half a percent to 1.8% conversion rate. Nice. That's 3x plus. And, and it's rare, by the way, for us to see something like that where, like, you know, I'm like, we're usually happy if we're hitting like, you know, 10, 20, 25%. Great. Um, and, and yeah, and, and then he's like, he's like, he, like he calls me, he's like, Carla, he's like, I cannot believe people love this. Um, and I told him, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm joking with him. I told him, l- l- let me be honest with you. You think people loved it. The reality is your previous page, 99.5% of the people hated it and only half a percent liked it, correct? The new page, 98.2% of the people hate it and 1.8 liked it. He's like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. I'm like, that, that's what the conversion rate is telling you. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a much better improvement than the, the old page. Uh, but going back, like, you know, testing copy, if, if you know how to figure out that copy, can be, can be very powerful. Wow. So I wanted to ask you about lasting takeaways for the audience. And so I think one big takeaway I've already taken from this is test your copy first for anything else. Um, if you want to, I want to, I want to, I want to have you actually just list out like a couple of other things that you should be thinking about testing. I think copy is definitely the big thing that people should be coming away from this with. Um, other things to test, and then any other takeaways you have for the audience regarding conversion optimization that they can implement in their job. Definitely. So I would say, in addition to copy, figure out like an even more fundamental, the positioning and the messaging, correct? that space that you occupy in the mind of your of your target customer. Uh, why I always ask the question, and if you can figure out this question, by the way, your business is going to multiply. What is the difference that will make the difference? What is the difference in your business that will make the difference in the lives of your customers? So they will say, you know what? The only option for me to use for this particular service is XYZ. I will not consider any other competitor. It will be stupid of me to consider any other competitor. If you can figure this out, uh, I think this is, by the way, at the heart of conversion optimization, and it is at the heart of business, and it is the most difficult question to answer um, because it goes back to, okay, so what's different about you? What's unique about you? Why should I choose to do business with you? So that's one thing that you want to you wanna figure out. Something else we said we said you should focus on, on copy. Uh, something else that you want to also think about is besides problems that I'm fixing on my website, can I commit to talking to three or four of my existing customers, uh, somebody, especially those who just signed up with us recently in the last one to three months, and actually understand from them what was going on in their lives when they decided to sign up? What pushed them actually to make that decision to say, you know what, I am going to go sign up. You take that and that, that that's emotional you know, trigger that made them say, you know what, I, I want to I wanna sign up, I want to solve this problem. 
and you say, you know what? Okay, so if that's the problem that they're hiring us to do, to, to solve, um, how can we make sure that our solution actually solves that problem? Um, again, it starts with whatever you're offering, but it goes into marketing. It's kind of like, you know, goes across everything that, that you do, every touch point that you have with, with, your, with your customers. And finally, and I'll, I'll finish with this, look at the issues around your website, usability issues, bugs. Make sure that you're, you're fixing those and you're fixing them regularly. I was, I was on Home Depot's website trying to place an order. And it's Home Depot. I mean, they have a development team that's probably like, you know, about a thousand times larger than, than, than my company. And they have so many bugs. And I'm like, really, guys? Why? You know, I mean, you should be looking at your website every couple of months, making sure that there's no bugs in it, that there's sometimes a person wants to contact you. They want to actually give you uh, their information, but your website is telling them no you know, because a form is not working or something is broke or they're coming to your website on a, on a mobile device, but you haven't thought about testing your website on a mobile device. That's really interesting. I actually just had another question for you. Sure, sure. Shoot away. It may be a little, may be a little controversial. I'm wondering if you've ever tested chatbots versus forms as, an AB, as a CRO test and um, if you've had any interesting insights from that. <laughs> That is controversial. Uh, you know, uh, l l let me kind of step out and like, then I'll go to like into this. A lot, uh, and it's, it's unfortunate, by the way, I go, I go back to marketing technology. Marketing technology is there to make our lives easier, but it's not there to replace the hard work of marketing, uh, in, in all honesty. And lots of the marketing technology, whether it's chatbots or many, many other, other forms, um, even like, you know, for example, personalization software, because people talk about that all the time. Um, I always tell people, like, unfortunately, lots of the studies that do A-B tests for, for that marketing technology to like, you know, see whether it's useful or not, lots of it is done by the provider of those solutions. So they have some self-interest in showing that their solution is actually powerful. Um, I have seen it work with some websites in terms of increasing conversion rates. Not tremendously, by the way. I've seen it increase conversion rates 5 to 7 10%, but I've also seen it in some instances where it actually reduced conversion rates. As a matter of fact, we've tried to use it one time with a B2B company where the chatbot was just, not only it like in reduced conversion rates, but the people who were something that just brought, you, you have to look at the conversion rates, but you also have to look at the quality of the inquiries and the leads that are coming through, correct? Uh, that's even more significant. Lots of times people sit like, oh, we've generated a lead. No, you did not. Yes, a human submitted this, but it's not somebody who I'm interested in talking to. <laughs> you hear that from the sales guys where they're like, I don't need those leads. You're wasting my time with those leads. Um, so I, I've seen it with some websites where it did not where it did not help. So I'm always weary of general statements that say, oh, this particular technology increases conversion by XYZ. I always tell them it increases conversion by XYZ for a particular website going after a particular segment of the market. Whether it works for your website or not, for your market or not, that remains to be seen. That remains to be tested. Um, all of the statements that you hear are just really very, very subjective, correct? I think they help. Well, it's subjective until you put it within an A-B test. And then the market will tell you and put an objective value to it, whether it works or not. Cool. That's uh, Khalid Saleh, who is the CEO of Invest, and that was freaking awesome. Thank you so much, Khalid, for uh, coming on the show. Please plug your company. Uh, tell people how they can get in touch with you. If you have any upcoming speaking gigs or conferences or anything like that you have coming up, um, this is going to drop next Wednesday. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, just let, let the audience know how they can see more of you, find more of you, get more of your information and uh, just consume all of your awesome knowledge. Awesome, awesome. No, thank, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it tremendously. So I hang out quite a bit on LinkedIn. <laughs> that, that's where I, I live nowadays. Uh, so you can just search for my first name, last name, Khalid Saleh, and, and you'll find me there. Um, our, our consulting is Invesp. I-M-V-E-S-P, invest.com or investcro.com. It's a very strange name, but you'll remember it. Um, and then our conversion optimization tool, the platform is FIGPI, uh, F-I-G-P-I-I. We, we have a knack for coming up with very strange names, by the way, in the company. Um, and we are also actually, since it's going to drop next Wednesday, we will be launching, I think next Thursday, our CRO Mastery course officially. 
So we've done training on conversion optimization for the last seven years all across the globe. And because of COVID, we've decided to finally bunker down and record 160, create 160 lessons, about 70 videos. So that will be launched officially uh, next Thursday. So um, if anybody's interested in checking that and checking that out, we can leave probably a link in, uh, in the notes, in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much, Khaled. That's Khaled Saleh, CEO for Invest. And this is the Industrial Marketer Podcast. You can catch the Industrial Marketer Podcast on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please subscribe to the Industrial Marketer Podcast. Please leave us a five-star review. And also, please write a review. Help us leave all the other terrible Industrial Marketer Podcasts out there on the podcasting platforms. And for that, my name is Matthew. And for Karina, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.